Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of the What's Happening podcast. Today, I am super thrilled to welcome Kevin Kaufman. Um, Kevin and I uh, have become friends over the last two or three years, maybe a little longer. What year is this? 2022. So it's only been just like two and a half years. It just feels like a decade. It feels like a long time. So yeah, Kevin and I uh, met literally on stage at a at an event where we were speaking uh, as a as panelists in front of lenders, and there was some there were like answers that both of us gave them. We're like we're like I, I like that yeah. guy, and so literally we uh, from there have become friends. And you know, Kevin is a, a husband and a dad, and uh, runs a business. Um, he runs an EXP uh, team, a big team. Um, but you know, where we connect is that crossover of business and entrepreneurialism yeah. and like I, personal development and like journey. Kevin is a journeyer. You're always on to something, dude. And I love it. It's every time we, we get together, every time we speak, I learn something, you know, I've taken what we have talked about and applied it in my life and being exposed to some of the stuff that you have invited me to, um, you know, work related events, other stuff, the people that I've been exposed to, the discussions, I'm always coming away with stuff, man. So thank you for thank you for welcoming welcome, welcoming me into your world, um, and uh, thanks for being a friend, and thanks for uh, joining us today on the podcast. Yeah, dude, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's funny. I was thinking about that today too. It was like so it was it was like January of 2020, but then because I remember the first time you and I went and actually grabbed a drink. Uh, I mean, it was literally right before the world shut down, like a week or two before. Yeah, I think you're right. And so, it, I mean, gosh, we've already lived through a pandemic. So our friendship feels like it's a couple decades old. It's yeah. really only, you know, two and a half years old since we met, though. That's so, crazy, man. It's been a that, lot. God, it's nuts. It's it's uh, time flies. And yeah, you look back. I think I think uh, pandemic time was like dog years. Oh, well, no doubt. <laughs> you no know? Doubt. No doubt. It's like, you know, a, a year of pandemic time is like five years. <laughs> In you know, real you life. didn't have much to do, like sitting at home doing stuff. And, you know, someone told me today about a comedian that, that shot, um, during the, during lockdown, shot a bunch of content. It's on Netflix. Um, something Joe Burr or something like that. Anyways, but he, he was like, dude, following him through his pandemic journey on Netflix. He's like, he's all, it almost hit too close to home. Like you can see him losing his mind as he's putting the content together. So yeah, I'm, I might skip that one. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm like, I'm, he's all, you should really watch it. And I'm like, I, I don't think so. I'm going to stick to Lincoln Lawyer or whatever yeah, I'm watching right now. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, just keep it keep it simple. Just yeah. entertain me. Don't, you know, whatever. So um, what's the, dude, what's the latest? Like some of the personal development journeys that you've been through that I've that I've experienced, like, you know, intermittent fasting was, was one that we talked about yeah. uh, quite a bit. And then um, now you're doing cold plunge and sauna. Are you still on that? Oh, dude. Oh yeah. Tell me about it, man. So what's funny is if you go back to gosh, right, right around the time we met, I had done this exercise. So, um, where, so my buddy, Frank Klesitz, I don't know if you know Frank, but he hmm. owns a company called viral marketing. So it's a real yeah, estate yeah, yeah. marketing okay, yeah, company, yeah. right? So we were talking one day in his office, uh, when he was in San Diego, uh, a couple years ago, and he had this thing he calls, um, you, it's like an exercise. I forget exactly like your towards values is what he calls it. And it's effectively like it's walking people through a series of questions to find out about what they're um, what they value the most, both in work and in life. And there's a little bit of like goal setting stuff to it. Right. Uh, and so what I was going to do is I've got this Facebook group, like 25, whatever, 25 or so thousand real estate agents are in this Facebook group. And one of the things I was going to do is effectively offer it up for free, offer up a call like that for free to anybody in the group that wanted it just because it's a valuable exercise. Mm-hmm. So he said, 
you should probably do one first yourself if you're going to go do that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. So I did. So he had one of his 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 guys that had worked for him for a number of years do that with me. And uh, and so we go through it and he, he walks me through the exercise and I'll jump to the punchline. The punchline is at the very top. There's like this part that's like a five year vision. And part of that for me, first of all, it was pretty amazing because, again, we did this in February of 2020. Part of that for me was like cold plunge and sauna at home every day before I ever leave. In, in addition to a few other things like taking my kids to school every day, yeah. just certain things I do at home from a lifestyle perspective was on that. And I, so I did it February of 2020. And I just kind of forgot about it. Like he sent me the document, but I kind of forgot about it because the world, as we know, the world shut mm -hmm. down a couple, you know, a couple weeks later. And uh, late last year, something triggered a, a memory and so I went and looked for that document and I read it and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm actually doing this. And so I had already accomplished everything on that five-year vision except for the the cold plunge and the sauna, which I was literally only waiting for because I was waiting to do like a remodel. I had to lay like a cement thing. Right. All that to say, like, this is one of those things where like for me, there's a there's an author, his name's uh, Ramit Sethi, and he has this thing called Your Rich Life. Like what's for you, what's something you would basically spend a lot of money on? That doesn't mean you're balling out, but right. But it's a it's an indulgence for you because it it's it means something to you. That that was it for me. That was actually the the trigger, and so I realized like I just need to complete this. I'm actually just waiting on someone else to do something, so I did it. So I mean that is part of it every day. Like that has been the sauna. I've always thought in my life since I was like a kid, since the first time I ever did a sauna was like that must be like the ultimate luxury to be able to do that at home. Right. And then about. Mm, 10 or 12 years ago, I was at the Wynn in Las Vegas and, and they're showing us around like the, uh, you know, the spa and they're like, there's, there's a, there's a hot tub right next to it's cold. I was like, what do you mean cold? What's that? And they told me and I was yeah. like, oh, so I tried it. I was like, well, that's cool. And then it'd be like, you know, it's become such a fat, like a trend in the last, I don't know, four or five years. Yeah. So, uh, luckily now people manufacture them. Cause I thought I was gonna have to like dig a pool and not a pool, but like a like a mini mini pool and stuff to yeah. ever have that in my home. And now yeah. you can just like buy them for not not a ton of money, and it's awesome. Dude, yeah. So so what's the the alternating? What is the the general idea with cold plunge and sauna? What's what in the alteration thereof, and what does it do physiologically? What's the what's the goal? So I'll start with my, the the reason I do it, right? And then there's a ton of other benefits that you can that are associated with it. Um, for me, the sauna is all about relaxation kind of like shutting off for a little bit, mm -hmm. literally just relaxation. I have for some reason, I've always liked that. Um, there are a ton of health benefits, like a ton of cardio respiratory and like uh, heart benefits and mm -hmm. amongst other things mm -hmm. that comes along with sauna. However, for me, the main thing is about just relaxing, right? I'm, I'm kind of wound tight. Uh, and so for me, that's one way I can relax the cold is a couple things. Number one, it's like a mental challenge for me. Mine never matter. As, as you and I talked about, when we start talking about like the whole fasting thing for 24 yeah. hours, that was all about a mental challenge for me. That right. wasn't necessarily about fasting in and of itself. That was about doing something that I thought was mentally hard. The, uh, the benefit I didn't realize that came along with that is, dude, it's hard to every single day to go, to know that that temperature is like 40 degrees and I got to go put my toe, like the first 10 seconds is hard no matter what. Right. I've done it every day now for the last two months. It's just as hard. It was just as hard this morning as it was the day I did it on like April 1st. Right. No exaggeration. And so there's the mental challenge of I'm going to make myself do something that's hard. Um, and then there's the other piece of it, which I didn't know, 
which is I cannot, I'm not capable of doing anything else other than focusing on my breath when I'm in the water. Otherwise I think about how cold it is. And so I've just got this method that I sort of, I don't want to say I developed it. I don't know. I just picked it up from somewhere. I'm sure, which is I count my breath six seconds in through my nose, six seconds out through my nose. And I do that with my, in my head. And then I use my fingers to count how many times I've done right. that. That's, that's all like, I'm a mental, like small person. Like that is about as far as I can go. <laughs> so I can't, I literally can't think about anything else other than yeah. that. Now that said, you get out to you. There's a, there's a rush of uh, norepinephrine and like, you feel like ready to run through the wall. The way mm-hmm. I describe it to people is if you're the type of person that goes, I want some coffee. Cause you know, you get that feeling yeah. from it that you wouldn't need coffee if you just did that. I happen to like coffee, so I'll drink it all day. You do both, right? But it's great to have. I like to taste the coffee right. along with the actual feeling of like right. I could run through a wall right yeah. now. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. I mean, it's it's funny because that that alternating hot and cold. I think one for the mental challenge, two physiologically there's benefit. But what you said for both of those is it's the mental challenge, yeah, right? And it's that well, yeah. you know, and being able to unwind and relax, and then the mental challenge of the cold. It's so funny because every time we get together, it's like, dude, what are you up to? Like, I know you've got something. I know like, and what's so cool about, um, you know, getting to know you is you surround yourself by people who are in that space. Like, what are you doing? What do you got? What are you reading? What are you doing? What are you, what yeah. are you thinking? And you guys inner exchange so much information and so much like good, like, hey, this is, this is something that has positively impacted my life. Take it or leave it. Yep. And and you know more often than not, especially you know the 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 tight group of people that I've been exposed to that you know that 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 you interact with. I mean, it is just like a constant exchange, man. It's it ha- so cool, dude. It has to be because what I found is I need I I don't want to be around people that don't want to get better. I'm not saying like you always have to be striving for something. I'm not I'm not like the 75. I'm not making fun of 75 hard, but like I'm not the 75 hard guy. I, I like I am. Oh, like, and I've done some hard things in life, but the thing is I want to always, there's a couple of things I value. Number one is I want to improve myself. And I feel strongly that if I don't hang out with people like you or like my buddy, Dustin, who you've met a couple of mm-hmm. times, or my business partner, Fred, and so many other people, then I'm not, I'm not fulfilled. And I know I'm not going to be the best me that I can be. Right. The other part of that though, and I, I, I hadn't thought about this till recently is for some reason I've always really valued the viewpoints of people that are extremely different than I am. Right. So I remembered even long before I knew this, like go back to high school, I realized that I was the guy that was friends with all the different types of cliques and friend groups in yeah. high school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it didn't matter. I was, I was pretty much friends with, with all of them. Um, and it was a lot of people sort of didn't cross pollinate in high mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. So I realized even going back to high school, I've always valued learning from and being around people that do things different, see things different. And what I, what I know is I can, I can pick up a little bit from here and a little bit from there. And, you know, she's doing things this way. This guy's got this thing not dialed and I can just take, I can take what I want and leave what I don't right. and try to have a better life. Right. Well, and then take what you want, leave what you don't. And then sometimes what you left, you end up wanting again. Yeah. Sometimes what you're doing is not working. Like, you know, that, that constant, you know, I think having that growth mindset, so to speak, right? To kind of like, and, and you know, not necessarily like growing your wealth and being the, you know, the best thing, yeah, the yeah. best agent or running the biggest team. It, it's simply like, what's around the, what, what's around the next corner? Yeah. What else can I see? And like, 
encapsulating that and applying it and then taking it into an entrepreneurial mindset, like, you know, allowing yourself the grace of being able to pivot, I think is one of the things that people don't, people don't understand and grasp. But like when you've got this basket full of like all these things that you've tried or could potentially try. And in our business and real estate, you know, things are moving all the time. And if you are stuck in your way in your lane, that lane is going to close off to you. You have to be able to to pivot and move. And having the exposure that you have to so many people and so many ideas, like you, I suspect, I don't know your business that well, but I suspect that you and Fred are able to like, hey, that's a thing that we should be doing. Let's do it. And you just go because yeah. you're like programmed to do that in your personal life. Yeah. You said something too a few minutes ago about like, I decided I don't want this, but then later on I do. It's also something I really value, which is changing changing my mind. And I, I like, I see a lot of strength, not in wavering, but in actually going, you know what? I've, I now have a different opinion because of X, Y, Z, because of my viewpoint, or maybe just the way things happen to be in, in your life or in your business. But I strongly value changing my mind and, and I appreciate other people that can change their mind as opposed to just digging into doing what, what they're doing because they made a decision at a certain point to do it, right? Like maybe this is the way to run my business or this is the way I food, right? Right. Like, well, I've always done it this way. So like, I'm just going to dig in more because I identify as keto or vegetarian right. or, or whatever, as opposed to, well, hold on a second. There's something new. I've learned something new. Why don't, if I have new information, more information, it's not bad to change your mind. I think it's a sign of strength. And so always trying to be open to make sure I'm not holding on to an idea that might've been the right idea right. five years ago that isn't the right idea today. Right. Well, it's so funny because people, to your point, they start identifying with concepts. Oh, right? yeah. This is who I am. This is what I do. Da, 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 da. I don't need any more. biggest problem in our country yeah. today. Well, in politics, you name it. Yeah. And then people, you know, it's funny because you brought up Dustin. I brought up Dustin to, um, uh, to, uh, to Danny, who's filming the podcast earlier. And one of the things that he said, it's along those lines. So, you know, when we were up at, uh, at your event in Salt Lake, he said something that changed my, my life. Um, and it was, it's the idea of we all have something that we allow to like hang around our <laughs> necks and, and drag us down. Right. Yeah. And so what is that? Right. And is that a concept and an idea that you've just become so ingrained with that you're actually allowing it to hold you back? And for me, when he said that, you know, I was like, what? I was like, Absolutely. I've been going through this journey. You know, it's like my wife and I um, collectively have lost a bunch of weight. Right. That was a big piece of the pie puzzle. You know, let's 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 get our physical bodies in, in a better place. But first we had to get our mental um, self in a better place. And then the weight just kind of started falling off. But then like that last big piece of the pie was was finance, like running our personal finances, running the business finances like we hadn't we hadn't grasped that yet. And I was out earning my stupidity, right? I was just barely ahead of it. I was yeah. on the, I was on the the wheel and I couldn't figure out, I was going to CPAs. Hey, can you help me? Like, I need to get my shit together here. <laughs> you know, I was going to financial advisors. I need like, can you help me? I was going all over and no one was able to provide me with the help that we needed. Like I need insight into, I don't need like, I, I tried the softwares. I tried, you know, uh, uh, budgeting softwares and it just wasn't working. And when Dustin said that, when he said, we all have something that we allow ourselves to like hang around our neck and hold yeah. us back, I was like, boom, finance. It just, it was like a lightning bolt right into my brain. And that night in my hotel, I literally, I just started, I'm like, there have to be like financial coaches 
So I was Googling financial coaches. I'm up in Salt Lake and I'm, you know, moved Google down to Phoenix and Googling financial coaches. And I came across one, it's Fiscal Fitness. Um, and their website reminded me of my website. The way they put themselves out there reminded me of the way I did. And I was like, I'm right now, filled out a contact form. And just that, just the concept of we allow this to hang around our own necks and breaking free of it was huge and moved my life forward in a way that I haven't been able to move forward in years. What I what I think, the lesson I think that I would love for the listeners or viewers to get there, not necessarily the, the okay, you had that moment. What I think though allowed that was that you got up and left your natural every day. And like, you didn't come here, you didn't come here that day. Right. You got up, you got on an airplane, you did something kind of inconvenient and you went and you sat in a room with people you trusted me, first of all, to say, hey, I'm going to have some smart friends in this room. I think you should be here, too. And we're just going to see what happens. You put yourself in a position to learn something new. And I think that's so valuable. My business partner, I've talked about this for almost since the very beginning of our of our business. There's so much value in just getting up and going and going. It's the reason why we go to events. And I have other real estate agents who will be like, why are you going to this or why are you going to that? I'm like, man, sometimes I don't know. Because I'm, what I'm doing is I'm being open to an opportunity like yeah. that. Because sometimes, dude, it happens on the airplane on the ride there. Like I've got my money's worth already for this trip. Right. Sometimes it's like, sometimes it's a little bit deeper. Like it's not spoon fed, right? Right. But the thing is, I know that if I don't break up my normal everyday patterns, then I'm not really going to be open to hearing that, right? Now, Dustin said something that day. You were open enough. And he happened to say the thing and you connected to it and it hit you right away. And because you're a guy that takes action, that could change the rest of your life and, and the future of your family. Right. That doesn't happen, though, if you don't get up and go. Or maybe it happens, but maybe it doesn't happen until, until disaster. Right. Because that's the other thing that gets people open to change is like they're at rock bottom. Right. Financially, physically, mentally, whatever. Yep. Whereas like if you just make it a regular practice of getting up and doing something different, Man, you'd be surprised at how far forward you can move in such a short period of time. It's amazing. I mean, and, and to your point, being open to taking action. Like, okay, I don't know what I don't know what this like. When you text me, hey, dude, we're going up to Salt Lake, grabbing yeah. a thing. We'd be a bunch of smart people. I think you should go. I was just like, in. You dude, I know. Dude, I was it was like eight was like, seconds later. I was texting you, and I was like, I probably should have called him to tell him because most people look at me like I got three eyes when I explain to them what we're doing. And you were like, in. I was like. I knew he was my guy. Yeah, dude. I knew he was well, my guy. Like, because you just said yes right away. Right away. And I was like, that's, if you texted me like that, I'd be like, look at my calendar. Probably do the same thing you did, which yeah. is I'd look at my calendar and be like, I'm in. Right. right. Yeah. Dude, Kevin says this is going to be good. It's going to be good. Yeah. Let's go. And, and like, it ended up being literally a life changing event. Yeah. You know, and it's, it, and I think to your, to your point, man, people get so dug in in the routine. They get, they build these walls of comfort around themselves, you know, like, Hey, yeah, this, my, my, off, my office building can be a really comfortable space where I don't get out and break up my own monotony, but sometimes forcing yourself out. Yeah. You never know what you're going to open yourself up to. And then surrounding yourself with like-minded people that, you know, you're going to learn something from it. I don't know how it's going to come. I don't know where, like, is it going to be at happy hour with you? Is it going to be a lunch with you and Fred and Dustin? Is it going to be in Salt Lake? Like where, where, Where's it going to come? I don't know. I don't care, but let's, let's, let's go. Let, let's just be open to it. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That's so valuable to me. Well, dude, and, and you, I mean, how long have you been in the real estate business? Dude, today or tomorrow marks 15 years. No to way. The day. Yeah. 
Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks, thanks yeah. for spending your anniversary here. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But okay, so so 15 years in the biz, you've worked diligently, you've seen highs and lows, but what you've always done is expose yourself to high level people. Yeah. And with with high levels of thought and all of those people being open to the inner exchange of ideas. And I think for me, that was one of the reasons why I moved to North and Co. is because I saw that. I didn't know exactly. Kind of same thing. It's like, you know, Salt Lake, I'm in. North and Co., when, once I talked to Brian and got my legs under me, I was like, that's, I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but I know I got to go. Yeah. And that that open exchange of of ideas and that interplay of best in breed, both in and out of the business, right? I mean, I've got friends that have nothing to do with real estate, but I know when I go sit down with them, like, here we You're go. You're going to learn something. You're going to learn yeah. something. Heck yeah. I, I value that. So I, early in our career, we were led in to, to a conversation with people that were doing significantly more business than we were at the time. And I just, re- like, there was something about that that I realized, like, I don't want to ever leave this room. And I don't ever want to not be around people like this, even though there's so much of what they're talking about. Like at that time, it was like so much REO business. Right. And we were doing short sales. Like I was never going into REO, but to hearing these people's perspective, these people that at the time were selling two, three, four times the amount of real estate I was selling, I knew I was learning a lot. And I just valued that from the very beginning of like, I got to always make sure I'm in rooms where you know, I'm definitely not the smartest. I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room ever. Right. Yeah. You want to be, you want to be like, yeah. but that's what's, that's what's cool, man. Like you'll be up in the front of the room and, and let, let's take, let's take the, that panel that we were on. You're up in the front of the room and I see you like looking at me with one of my answers. Yeah. You're like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. like you're up there speaking to a room of, of lenders about how they can treat and, and engage agents more. But there's another agent that you never met and you're like, Okay, I'm picking up on stuff. I'm picking up on on stuff that that you're putting out. You never know where you're going to get it or how it's going to come, but being being open to it. And I think you know to to your point earlier, people are so closed down to new data and new inputs. They're so ingrained with the comfort of going back to their same slop trop of of information. Yeah, talk, the same talking heads, the same people just spoon feeding the same nonsense. This dividing them and them saying, "Well, this is just what I believe." And I'm just gonna believe it until I die. Like, there's no growth in that. To your point, it it does take strength to be like, I did believe that for a long, long time, and, and now I don't. And now I don't. But yeah. like, if you can't learn and change and adjust, then w- at what point does your train get on the tracks and just never deviate? I, like, how boring is that? There's two quotes that that always come to mind. Number one was. It's funny because one was from a rapper, one was from a pastor. Uh, and I'll share the pastor uh, quote first, which was, he says, um, so perceptions are, are formed with an ounce of information changed only with a ton of information. Mm. It's like, that's so true. And there's this rapper NF and it's a line in a song where he says, don't believe what you believe just because that's how they raised you. And uh, for me, those are the same things of like, yeah, you know what? Two things can be true at once. I did this, I, I aligned with this company or this, this party or fill in the blank. And it was the best thing for me then. And it also might not be the best thing for me right now. Like both of those things can be true simultaneously. But to your point, I think what we do, and again, I think this is the biggest problem is we're so worried about our identities. And for me, I think one of the, I think that's actually one of the bigger problems in the, in the world. I think we should be trying to 
de-identify. I'm not sure if that's the right word. I'm definitely not a scholar. Mm-hmm. Wow. I definitely like it, not though. an English major, but like de-identify, right? And identify with, I find myself going, I want to identify as less and less, you know, I mean, look, I'm wearing a Dodger hat. I love the Dodgers. I'm not afraid to admit it. That's probably one identity I'm probably not getting rid of anytime soon. Because <laughs> you don't want to. I don't want to, right? It serves me well most of the time. Uh, but the thing is, like, how many things do we go, well, I'm a fill in the blank, Democrat. I'm a Republican. I'm a Libertarian. I'm a vegan. I'm a paleo. I'm a, you know, CrossFit bro, whatever. Right. How many, because, and then because I identify that, that means I now instantly have to, everything I say and do, once I've said that, it's going to be about protecting that identity. So you could creep o- you could creep into my space with an idea that's actually pretty good, something I might like better, but because it goes against this identity, I can't even see it. Right. And what's worse is I can't even see it. It's not that I don't want to see it. It's that I can't even see it because I'm so damn focused on whatever it is I identify as. And some of the worst things are Republican and Democrat right. to identify as because it completely shuts you off to seeing somebody else's point of view. Yep. And not to just make fun of Democrats and Republicans. That's just the easy one right now right. with the way with the state of affairs. Right. But so many things, if you look, it can be broken into Democrat, Republican. And I'm like, what if you just identified as a human being? Right. And you made only decisions based on being a human being and other human beings be, being affected by your decisions. Right. What if we just started from there and not so much? I'm a, you know, what it fill in the blank. Right. Well, you know, it's super interesting about that. And it, it brings, uh, it brings, uh, the book, the power of now to mind with, mm. uh, Eckhart Tolle, where he basically says that the ego builds that those identities, yeah. the ego is building that to make itself important and to give itself somewhere to live. And so if you tell your ego, like, no, man, I'm not a Democrat. No, I'm not a Republican. No, I'm not just a CrossFit bro. No, I'm yeah. not just a vegan. No, I just don't only run marathons. No, I'm just not on keto. You know, like whatever those hardcore things that you believe identify who you are, if you break those down, now you're able to do the stuff like you're talking about. Like, I just changed my mind. Yeah. Like that idea makes sense for me and I'm going to go apply it. The other thing that popped in my head there is, you know, when you build those constructs and it's like, no, I am this. I This is exactly um, who I am. Or if someone comes and tries to tell you something to your point where it's like, no, 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 that's that's getting in my way. Or like, you know, people asking you for your opinion. Well, what do you think about Ukraine? What do you think about da da da? Like, don't you know that the world is on fire? Don't you know? Like, well, you know, Marcus Aurelius said, we always reserve the right to not have an opinion. Oh, yes. And that is one of the most powerful things to me personally professionally in my life like there's too much damn information coming at us dude that's one thing that quote i didn't realize it was marcus aurelius but i've seen that and i've i've actually repeated that to myself a few times in the last year i'm like actually you don't have to have an opinion on this it's okay and because there's there's a lot of things like you just gave an example of one like you i'm not qualified to have an opinion on it i have no idea i really don't right i'm just seeing the news i don't know which propaganda I'm eating right now, but it's someone is feeding me. Oh yeah. It's propaganda. Yes. Yeah. So I don't think to your point, I don't have enough information. I'm not a Russia Ukrainian, you know, expert. And that's, that's not me saying that's not important. Right. Or I don't care. It just means like, exactly. I don't want anybody to, to be bombed. I don't want, I don't want there to be war. And I'm also not going to go and go support Ukraine or or Russia or whoever 
blindly just because like my political affiliation or my community's affiliation is says to do this. I'm, I don't know. I, I, I really, I think it's bad no matter what I just, but I don't know who I'm supporting. So I'm not, so I'm, I'm reserving my right to not, to not have an opinion. Yeah. Right. And that's, there's so many bombs that are thrown in front of us in society right now with the speed of news, the interconnectedness yeah. of the planet. Um, you, to form an opinion on everything and to be asked to emotionally engage in everything is an impossibility. It's and, terrible. And, and, you know, it's so much stress. And it's, and I find this from friends, from family, from people I interact with, from clients. So much stress in their lives is derived from consuming that information and that news. Like, dude, you're allowing yourself to get totally off balance about something you have zero control about. There's a there's an there's an entrepreneur by the name of Andrew Wilkinson. I don't, I don't know if you ever heard of him, but if you ever get the chance to hear him on a podcast, he's he's one of the most brilliant people I've ever heard. Business minds, um, and he was being interviewed on this podcast that I just listened to yesterday. I, I'd heard him tell a story before, but in less depth, where he effectively went on a like total media fast. I mean, like screen fast. No phones, no computers, uh, no TV. Not like kids and family and books and that was it yeah for i think it was like 45 days and he started talking about and then because he's really intellectual he then started going into like hold on a second why did it work this way or why am i now behaving this way and so when you realize like all those things that are coming at you i mean dude it's a full-time job to just not to care about all the stuff that we're told we should care about right. like it really is like and so which is again i think going back to why i've continued to go yeah i don't i don't i don't have to have an opinion on this right yeah, you don't have to. You don't. You don't have to engage. I mean, it's easy to get sucked into it. But to your point, like the the the, the screen, you know, forty five day fast. You know who Darren Hardy is? Yeah, of course. Okay, yeah. so like, um, I did uh, insane productivity one of his one of his courses, and he was talking about how he essentially com is completely disengaged from the news, and he's like, it doesn't affect my life at all. He goes, listen, if there's a massive, if there's something that is definitely like, Hey dude, there's a food shortage. Or in my case, there's a formula shortage for my baby. You're I know about, about it. it. And I know about it cause I walk into Walgreens and there's not formula. So then it's like, what's going on. And then I engage and figure it out. Da, 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 da. But he's like, you know, and this guy engages, Darren Hardy engages with corporate Titans all over the world. And he's like, I've never once walked in and someone been like, um, you know, do you see the thing on the news and him go, no, I don't watch the news. And then be like, Oh, well, you know, it's dramatically going to affect your life. He's like, it doesn't. It literally doesn't affect him to not know. And it also allows him to mentally project what he wants to project in the world. He doesn't have to take, he doesn't have to take it on. I, I learned it from, uh, from Tim Ferriss in the four hour work week. And so he's got this, uh, couple formulas in that book. One of those, I'll never forget. It's like, uh, E the chapter is called E E is for elimination. And one of those is news. And he's the same thing. Like he almost just, if you go read that chapter of the book or even the first yeah. page of that chapter, you would hear the same story from him that he wrote in 2007 that, that you learned from Darren Hardy. And it's true. And that was, I think I read the book in 08 or nine. Um, I forget which year that said from that point on, I was like, yeah, you know what? I think I probably watched the news, like actual news on TV twice since then. And it was more of like, a, I just want to get up and I'm like with a family member or something. And I was thinking, oh man, this is, this is so terrible, right? This is so terrible. Like, I'm so glad I do not 
consume this every day because it's just a it's just an attack on it's a, it's an attack on people first of all but it's just it's these companies that are trying to force us to think a certain way yep that we shouldn't even about shit we shouldn't be thinking about right we literally we how does now like you mentioned the baby form, that's a real thing in your real life whatever cnn or fox news's take on that is has nothing to do with you getting making sure your baby has the formula that that is needed. Right. It really doesn't. Right. And so screw that. Like, go take care of real life. Right. Like, all this other, it's just noise. Um, and it's, it's just, it's so unproductive. It's so unproductive and it's so mentally taxing and draining. And, you know, what's funny is before Insane Productivity, and he challenges you through that course to, like, reduce your screen time. One of the, one of the hacks is don't take your phone into the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, because you go in and it, you know, all of a sudden you're on news and Twitter and whatever, and you just get derailed. And so, but the, the other thing is, is just kind of building that wall. I mean, before that concept of like not allowing the news into my world, um, I'd wake up and I'd roll over. And the first thing I do is grab my phone and I pull open the news. Um, you know, I pull open the wall street journal. I'd, I'd read yeah. through stuff. I'd see what was going on. And then I would get out of bed and my mindset for the day would be made by external factors that literally have no direct impact on my day that day. Yeah. And so my mind would be made up about how I was going to approach the day. And so now my alarm goes off and I turn it off and I go outside and I get going with my daily routine, which is yoga. Uh, uh, now I've added resistance training. And then I, I grab a cup of coffee when I'm done. I drink coffee. I read a book. And then when the book's done or when my coffee's done, I close the book and I go in and I get ready for the day. But then I open my laptop and uh, to get going with work after I've showered and sit down and eat breakfast with my wife and my, uh, my three-year-old and you know, open my laptop and these six tabs uh, open and it's all business related. None of it news, yeah. none of it outside. I don't look at my phone. I don't look at the text messages. I don't look at the missed calls until I have gotten as much proactive work done as I can. And then I'll start letting in the phone. I'll let in the text. I'll let in the call. But I still don't let the news in. Dude, I might as well delete the news apps from my phone. Yeah, protect. You got to, dude, you have to protect that. You have to protect that for yourself. Um, I've got a friend might be a strong word, although we're friendly. Guy who is a a brilliant author. One of the books that he wrote is called Willpower Doesn't Work. His name's uh, Benjamin Hardy. He wrote Willpower Doesn't Work. And part of that, the central theme of that is effectively setting up, I would call it a hack, like you, like your yeah. six tabs that open, yeah. none of them are like to a news or to a social media. Like it's about setting things up in your life to make it easier for you to not see the news, yeah. to not see the thing that's going to trigger you, to not pay attention to the thing that you can't actually control or that doesn't matter until later in the day. I had a good friend uh, who he owns a brokerage in, in Portland. His name's Craig Rieger. And Craig uh, was teaching a class one time at a brokerage I used to own. This is, gosh, 2014 or 13, um, 2014, September 30th, 2014. I'll never forget that day. Mm. And he said, you know, part of the, one of the things that he said is like, and we were talking about in the context of like generating business for our, for our real estate business. But part of the thing he was like, dude, the world will wait for you. Like, it's okay to not check email till 11 o'clock right. or 1130, whatever time we talked about. Right. He's like, it, it will wait. All the problems will still be there. And I was like, they really can. I was the guy who from the first day I got into real estate would tell people around me, 
people, my staff, et cetera. Like there's no such thing as emergency in real estate. Here's my hours. This is when I work. This is when I don't work. There's no such thing as an emergency. If you have an emergency, I'm not qualified to help you anyways. And so I realized like, I had to do that with my day too. And the, yeah. the truth is the world will conform to whatever rules you give it. So if you don't check your email till after yoga and coffee and working out and reading and doing what you have to do to generate your business or whatever that first part of your day routine looks like, the, the world will, will actually wait for you. Like 99.5% of the time, the world will wait for you. And occasionally like something bad happens and something comes up and it's a, truly an emergency. Everybody has, that's called life. But the actual percentage of the time that that happens really isn't that much. Dude, so I, you might as yeah. well just do what you need to do and, and quit using the rest of the shit as like a distraction for doing what we have to do. Well, that's it. It all It is a distraction. Dude, and to your point, it's funny because when I think back, so let's call it two years, two and a half years that I've been, that I've been, you know, device silent in the morning, you know, when I when I get to the office, I'm working from home. I'm proactively working on my business from let's call it eight fifteen or so until ten or ten thirty when I get in the office. Then I open up my emails, and the world waited. It did. It, but to your point, the ninety nine point nine percent. Just thinking back, like okay, three hundred sixty five days in a year. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I've probably had like two or three situations where in the morning it's like. You know, and that'll be like JC calling me, hi, yeah. did you see that email? You really need to respond to that like now. Or so-and-so has been trying to get in touch with you. You probably should call him. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. But the rest of the time, this is my time. This is my time to, as an entrepreneur, as a real estate practitioner, as a dad, as a husband, as a human being, to carve out just a little niche of time for me, for my physical body, for yeah. my mental well-being to set my mind right so that I can approach the day in a way that is going to be most effective to move my life forward. And when my life is moving forward, my family's is. And when my life and my family's life is moving forward, my my clients' lives are moving forward. The, the sphere around me yeah. is moving forward as we bend the, the future in front of us to meet what we really want to do as opposed to allowing all that input to come in and just Tell us the way we're supposed to feel. Tell us the way we're supposed to react and respond. One of my first mentors, or my, probably my first mentor, wrote a, wrote a couple books, and I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this a little bit. I think it was in if, if how tos were enough, we would all be skinny, rich, and happy. Mm -hmm. Brian Clemmer, um, but he talks about the concept, and I'm sure you've heard this in a different setup before. The concept that you take an egg, a carrot, or coffee grounds, and you put all of those things in hot water. So they, they all respond different. The carrot gets soft and is mush, can't do anything. The egg gets hard and doesn't let anything in. And the coffee ground like overtake the water and the water like it now overtakes the coffee is like it's now become coffee. Mm -hmm. So which one are you going to be? When things get hard, when, when, when the water gets hot, so to speak, in our lives, are you going to be the one that gets that goes and hides? Are you going to be the one that gets hardened and goes like, you know, nobody, you don't let anybody in or you can change the environment and control what you can control, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, we all have those choices. And the more we let other crap in, the more we end up being like the egg or like the carrot. And so few, and it's such a hard thing to do. Like everything I've said today that sounded even halfway smart as all shit I'm trying to work on every day too. And I right. definitely don't hit the mark every day. But it's like, well, I want to be the coffee. Like I want to change the environment when I walk in a room. I don't want to be changed by it. Right. Well, and that's such a good point because- because if you allow your environment to tell you the way it's going to be, then 
then as you said, you know, you've got choices in how you're going to respond. If you allow the environment and the information coming to you to decide for you, you have no choice. Yeah, exactly. You've, you've given up your sovereignty and your ability to choose. Now, you still ultimately have it. You can turn the TV off. You can decide one day, I am not going to open my phone this morning. I'm not going to look at social media and compare myself to other people this morning. I'm not going to open up the news and see that 10,000 people died somewhere in a mudslide in a place that's never going to affect me. I'm not going to turn on the news and, and see what the politicians are yelling at each other about, dividing us about. I'm not going to let that stuff in. When you when you choose to command your own life and your own day, you literally get to choose your destiny. And things get way simpler, man. Like, I don't know if you're yeah. if you're this way. It's like, um, and one of my one of my mentors, my my mental coach, Al Fuentes, I think we talked about yeah. that before. I get restless. <laughs> Shocked, yeah. right, dude? Like you're a guy that gets restless and wants yep. to wants to change things up and whatever. And I go through these phases where it's like, what am I doing? Like, am I involved in the community enough? Am I doing things? Should I sit on a board? Should I da 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 da? And and uh you know, I was getting restless one time and he's like, he's like, hold up, dude. He's like, he's like, how's this? How's this? How, like, are you, have you perfected yourself? And I'm like, no. And he's like, okay. So until you really get things dialed in, keep working on yourself. All the energy you want to push out there, pull it back in. Yeah. What can you do to keep improving? And like, keep your sphere tight. He's like, how, how's your inner ring? And I'm like, really good. Like my family, my work family really good he's like okay so why do you want to go break it keep keep that energy right in here keep it going keep keep turning it back in instead of wanting to project out and push out yeah and and people you know people want to go down and i I, helping people and whatever we do it all the time in our business we do it you know having conversations with people we do it. we exchange i learn from people they learn from me we help you know we help each other but you don't have to like proactively just go out and just start putting band-aids on other things. It's like, man, th- turn it in. Put that medicine on yourself. Well, what, what my buddy Ben taught it to me like this. He said, I'll never forget the day he sent me this. And I was so pissed because I was sharing with him something I was so frustrated with and it's a personal issue. And um, he sent me this text right after we hung up the phone. And uh, it was like, we often just complicate things to justify inaction. And I'm like, that's what we do. Like we, we complicate things like meaning I'm going to go work on the things outside of me like the example you just gave was like my community or this thing or you know this board or that board rather than like well hold on the simple action here is like i should just keep working here right right i should keep this thing going the way i more in the direction i want it right and but it's it's so easy to think outwardly than to think inwardly like 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 al mentioned so, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's way easier too and it's what we're programmed to do yeah you know one of the things that that we both mentioned mentors and mentorship. And I, I especially with young agents, I, I tell everyone that's considering even getting into real estate or struggling or whatever, I'm like, you gotta find a mentor. Yeah. And mentors are, are hard to find because typically the people that you wanna be mentored by are, are uh, their days are full. They're busy. They're busy. And you know, without a financial incentive for them to help you, it's tough to pull them away. And if the only thing, the only reason they're helping you is financial, then they're not necessarily being a mentor. They're, they're, it's a business partnership. So like, how do you find mentors? How have you found mentors in your life? I think, I don't know if I'm right. I think that mentors want to be mentors and the best way to have one is to be a good mentee. And what I mean by that 
an easy example as a real estate agent is when a like when I hire a real estate agent to my team, everyone starts at zero, right? Nobody nobody's born with that with with stuff in escrow, mm-hmm. right? So we all start at zero. The agent that wants my time and just is going to ask question after question after question, but isn't going to do the things that are that I've already taught them to do. Like that's not a good mentee. Now the agent that has done everything I've told them to do is going, hey, how do I get better at this? Or what do I do more of? Like, I want to make sure I spend as much time with that person. And so I think of myself that way. Like, am I just, am I being a question asker right now? Or am I being a good mentee? And am I going? And so part of that is like, number one, I put myself in a position to, to have a mentor, mentors. Uh, and then I check myself. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I, like, am I taking action on what I've already been told? Like, do I need to ask them this question or can I just read their book? Or could I listen to that episode of their podcast or or when they were on your podcast? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, because then, because if I haven't already done what you've already said to do, then like, I don't really have any business asking about step two if I haven't completed step one. It's so funny. And it, that is such a good point. Being, being a good mentee is payment enough for the mentor. Yeah, dude, because I, like for me, Anybody I've ever mentored in anything, like when they when they're a great like a good or especially a great mentee, I'm usually like, you want to hang out? You're right. Like, can we hang out together? Can yeah. we spend more time together? Yeah. You know, I think of the people on my team that are great mentees. I'm usually bugging them to come spend time with me. Um, it, same thing outside of this, you know, like outside of my team, just in other parts of the world uh, of my life, my world is it's normally I found the mentor wants to be around that because like there's this there's a freshness in that right there's like this there i think there's a lot there there it's not like it has always worked out that way but i do think if you're a great mentee you're actually giving as much to that mentor as they're giving to you it's it's a total yeah give take relationship that that balances out perfectly and what i found is over time a lot of people that were like my mentors are actually just like really good friends now yeah but they're still my mentors right they're just also really my friend and it's of those situations have always been because I was a good mentee. It's so funny, man. It's so true. And it's, you know, as being looking at both sides of it as being a mentee, I mean, you know, when I came to, to North and co part of my deal was Brian was like, Hey man, I, I want to show the world that we can take a, you know, a $10 million a year agent and turn them into a $30 million a year agent. Like, God, let's go. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to work with you. I'm going to coach you, blah, 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 blah. And, and we, continued to level up and succeed and and he continued to abide by that agreement and still does to this but day. But if you weren't holding up your end of the bargain, dude, it would have evaporated and that's no and, chance. He, and he's even said it. He's like, dude, you know, the the thing is when we get off the call, the next call we have, you've done the stuff we talked about. You're like a dog on a boat. Right? That, yeah. Yeah. That, like that's it. Well, like, and if I've got this access to these powerful, strong, smart people that are willing to exchange information, dude, I'm going to take it and I'm going to run with it. And if I hit a dead end, if you and I talk about something and I, and I'm like, Kevin, we talked about the thing and I tried it and it just didn't work. Like what else you got? Or like, what can I tweak? Like, I'm not just going to be like, tried it and didn't work. It's like, Hey, why didn't it? What can we break apart? What, what else can we, can we put into it? And then on the flip side, being in positions of being a mentor to your point, it's like the mentor is getting as much from the mentee as the mentee is getting. There've been times when I've been whiteboarding with people and going through stuff that I've done or da 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 and I'll just like stop and be like whoa 
Yeah. What you just said right there, like that changes the way I look at it. Or writing this out on the board for the 17th time, I'm never going to write it like this again. Yeah. Right? You, I think hearing yourself speak and put it together and whatever, it's practice. It's honing it. It's it's taking the own, you know, your own data that you've used for years and years and applying your brain, applying new lessons to it and you learning new things yeah. and unpacking it and rebuilding it. And only when you're really deeply engaged in teaching someone the stuff do you teach yourself or you hear them say something and all of a sudden it changes dynamic and it's like the, the lightning bolt. You Dude, know? half the reason I, te I continue to teach whenever I can is because how much I get out of it. Just being honest, like, because if you're going to stand up in front of a room or in front of a camera, whatever that looks like, and teach something, A, you better know it, and B, you better be doing that. Yeah. Like, you better, like, in my opinion, anyways, uh, something also I value is people that teach from knowing, not from knowing about. Right. Uh, like, I don't care if you're telling me about something that you think that you can't, like, if you're not, you don't have a real estate license, you're trying to tell me how to sell real estate, like, uh, I'm probably not going to listen to you, right? Right. I, or I'm going to just, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt right. and, and I'm going to keep it a little bit further, further away. So if you're going to go teach, well, if I'm going to go teach, it forces me to, to get better about what it is I'm teaching right. or whatever it is I'm doing. And I think that's one of the big, big, big benefits of that. That's so smart because yeah, when you're preparing to go teach or, uh, you know, you, you're synthesizing your thoughts, you're putting them together, yeah. you're organizing, you're reorganizing them. And dude, I love that. It's like, you know, you, you were talking about, you know, the person that, is kind of theorized about the stuff as opposed to actually doing it. It's like, you know, you can listen to business professors, you know, MBA professors, but if all they've been is in academia, like I'd rather go listen to an entrepreneur. I don't care if they graduated from high school. Yeah. There's, there's some value in it, but again, it's about how much weight do we assign the value? It's been a while since I read principles by, by Ray Dalio, but one of the things he talks about is like everyone actually has an opinion, but it's weighted and the expert has the most weight given to their answer or response, right? So like, I'm mm -hmm. always thinking about that, like, okay, just because someone's on stage right now and they're saying something, I need to like, I need to figure out how I weight that opinion or that thing that they're presenting to me. Cause it's not 100% at their word. Not to say I don't believe them. It's just like, they may not be qualified to be teaching me the thing that they're teaching. Right. And that's okay if they have a good idea. Maybe it is an amazing idea, but they don't actually know that. And so I want to, like, I always value people that teach from a place of do it like me or I've done it like this, as opposed to I think it would work like this. Unless you tell, like, but if you're going to be honest up front and say, I think it would work like this, that's cool. Yeah. Tell me, like, just, let's just close that up front. Right. But let's not act like something's a fact, you know, that's, it's one of my things I just don't love about most uh facilitators or teachers is like especially nowadays like everything has got to be so prescriptive mm -hmm. because that's what people want people don't want to think they want an answer given to them and i'm mm -hmm. like now i want to have to think for myself i actually want to think and therefore i don't want you to tell me something is black and white i want you to tell me your experience and tell me what your theory was on it and then let's figure it out right like build the scaffolding and then let yeah. me build what's what's in there yeah i think that's that's uh that's super smart it's 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 interesting to think you know, a guy that's as studied and, and read and, you know, been to, uh, you know, events to and, and speakers and whatever to have that thought process where you're kind of running them through the, the weighting scales. You're listening. Oh, to yeah. It's like, how much weight should I be giving to them? Blah, blah, blah. And it's probably 
my guess is, I may be putting words in your mouth or ideas in, in your head, but my guess is probably when you're on stage, you're probably thinking the same thing. Like, all right, how, like, like, how much do I believe what I'm about to say? Should I say it? You know, running it through your own weighted, yeah, you know, algorithm. I have to, I, number one, I have to think about the same things, which is am I, am I saying something that I've done and I'm speaking from experience or am I talking about an idea that I have that I haven't actually executed on myself? Because I'm, I'm going to disclose that. I'd rather just disclose that up front, right? And it's, you know, great if I sound smart. I don't care if I don't sound smart, mm-hmm. though, right? Um, mm-hmm. And the, I think it's the thing of, like, having been on stage, if you will, as well as listening to other people on stage and then, like, knowing the truth. Right. It's just, like, not everybody knows the all the other moving parts. Like, it's really easy in real estate because we see people get on stage. We get on stage for a super vanity metric. Right. That's what gets you on stage in real estate, on stage, if you will, in front of your peers and not the real depth stuff that actually matters at the end Mm -hmm. of the day. And so but most people don't see through that and they don't know how to discern that for themselves because they're just again, they're waiting it at 100 percent. Someone says something. It must be true. This guy's killing it or she's killing it, selling a ton of houses, doing this way or that way. Like, but there's always more to the story and you can't you can't get that on a 30 minute, half an hour 15 minute interview from stage. You can't. And well, so you got to worry. You got to wonder about that. Well, and it's so interesting because, you know, putting the, 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 like, you know, the participant in the crowd hat on, that's where a lot of agents will fail too. And, and I, and I, I suspect where yes. a lot of people that go to these seminars will fail is like, to your point, it's prescriptive. Like these 10 steps to success and they'll write them down and they'll go, the, you'll either have the person that goes, I'm going to do all 10 or I'm going to do it today. And then they break themselves because they can't do all can't 10. Can't do all 10. Yeah. Or you'll get the person that goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do all 10 for sure. And then <laughs> they won't do any of it. Yep. But it's like, no, you know. But you, you know who wins is the person that does one. Yep. And then eventually they get around to number yep. two and eventually yep. they get around to number three. It's like the saying like s- success is sequential, not simultaneous. You can't do all 10 things at once. Can't. If you haven't been doing any of these 10 things, you can't. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and do all 10 things. You could definitely do one though. And then once that's automatic, you could add the second yep. thing. And once you've done that enough and then it's automatic, you can add the third thing. Yep. And so then it's sequent. That's not sexy though. Cause that, ta- that might take you two years right. or three years or five years to really nail all 10 of those Long things. Long game. 100%. Which doesn't exist. And I mean, people come in in real estate because they want it right now. Yeah. They don't, they don't understand that it's long game. I, I was, um, uh, I was teaching a class in North and Co about marketing and like, well, you know, what, what I do from a marketing standpoint. And at one point, you know, I could see the, like, people were like, I can't do this. You know, you, you could see the look on the face. And I was like, listen, like <laughs> you guys need to understand this is over 10 years. Yeah. Right. I didn't do all this at once. It was like, I did the one thing and, and I test and measure too. I'll do it. And I'll do it and I'll do it and I'll do it and I'll do it and I'll do it. And I'll be like, not working. Boom. Put a bullet in it right when I realize it's not working. Yeah. Pivot and move. Or I do it, do it, do it, do it. And it's and it's automatic. And 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 it it's working. And then it's like, okay, step two, what else can we do? Yeah. And then that thing's automatic and working. Now you have this layer. It's like stair steps, you know, just one after the other, after the other, after the yes. other. And pretty soon you're a flight up and you're like, dude, I'm on the next floor. I didn't even realize, yeah. I didn't even realize it. Yeah. But you know, people will chomp off too much or they'll, they'll, they'll be nodding at you. Yeah, we're going to, that sounds great. I'm going to do it. And then they don't. And, and I think taking that first step in anything, 
the first realization that like, hey, I need to change things up. Maybe I should, uh, maybe I should start doing yoga, or maybe I yeah. should um, uh, not engage with social media in the morning, or maybe I should like actually doing it. I, I've got a saying, and and um, I say it to to my ten year old more than anyone. The difference between dreamers and doers is action. Yeah, it's just action. You can dream about something all you want. And, and actually this podcast was one of those things. And it was an example that I used for her. I was like, you remember how I said I was gonna start a podcast? She's like, yeah, I'm like I'm shooting my podcast today. She's like, you just talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Right, I took action. I dreamt it, I wanted to do it, and I took the action. Otherwise it's just gonna remain a dream. And, and people are so, it's like the fear of that first step, I think it gets in people's ways and trips them up so much like i'm just afraid i don't i don't know what's around that corner whereas guys like me and you are like dude what's around that corner yeah i'm gonna take the step like okay i may break my ankle you know i may i may pop a toe you know the water may be too hot i may have to pull out whatever or it may be perfect i'm gonna could be amazing it could yeah. be amazing but like just having that curiosity and that adventure and and wanting to continue the journey and go see what's around the next bend see what the next challenge is see what's see what's over the hill i think is 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 fun engaging and exciting yeah what do you what what's next what's what's the next thing for you oh man complete transparency i don't know like i've really been thinking about that taking a lot of time off this summer more time off than i ever have the majority of june and july nice good and just sort of relaxing the business is good it's not a it could always be better right i don't i'm really trying to figure out like hey what is the next evolution what what's the next thing I add on? Because I'm not taking anything away from what we're doing. It's continuing to run. Um, the thing I've I've concentrated on the most in the last couple of years has been uh, investing in more real estate. So kind of bringing in the investment piece to our business, mm -hmm. investing more in myself as a person and in my well being for the long run, and just trying to figure out like what is this is a, like kind of a crude business like term for it, but like what is my personal highest and best use yeah. in an organization, right. whether it's in, whether that's in um, the way I show up to our real estate team, our, our investment business, our EXP recruiting business, our education, my podcast, what, or something that I haven't even thought of yet. Right. Uh, so right, right now I'm, I'm just working to be as open as possible to, to finding out what the next step is. Dude, I love it. And I think that, that I always say that, that when, to your point, being open, right? I would say that when I force myself into something, when I jam it in, like it's when like I'm really like kicking the door in and trying to, to make it not work. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's it's absolute fail. And like when I get antsy or I get, you know, restless and I try to start wedging something in, I I'm I go nope and I just sit and I create space. Yeah. And I and I allow things to flow to me. And so you saying, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to take time off this. Or yeah. I'm just going to kind of see what happens. That freaks a lot of people out because, because the monkey brain, it's got to constantly be turning on something, but that openness and that, that void that you create, it will get filled and it gets filled with what you allow in it, which should only be good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Oh, that's fine, man. Well, Hey, listen, this has been, we've cruised this is, Dude, this is awesome. as always, this we is, could keep going. We, for hours. we could go for hours and hours and, you know, hopefully we'll grab happy hour soon and be able yes. to do it again. But, uh, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Dude, man. my it pleasure. A lot. Thanks yeah. for letting me be here. And, uh, it's fun. Thanks. Dude.